Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next 90 minutes. Abbreviated program today, right at 1130. We will get you to Ames, to Hilton Coliseum, the... Uh, curtain goes up on Iowa State women's basketball season 2020-2021. Pre-game show at 11.30. Tip at noon. We will get you there right on time uh, coming up here in about 90 minutes. A ton uh, to get to on the program as we're going to squeeze in as much content as we possibly can uh, in about five minutes. Somewhere around there, Bama Bob will join us. We'll go around college football, some of the better games this weekend. Take a look back at last night's television program where the rankings were released. 10.35, our friend Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star. He covers Nebraska. We will uh, take a peek from a Nebraska perspective on Nebraska and the Hawkeyes. Noon kickoff begins down the hall radio-wise at 10 o'clock on WHO. Uh, that is, again, a noon kickoff. Stephen M. Sipple will uh, give us the latest on that from Nebraska at 1035. Which quarterback is it going to be? i got a feeling Adrian Martinez might see some playing time. Anyways, uh, if you enjoy the program, we certainly hope you do. Or we, even if you don't, you listen. We're glad of that, too. Uh, but we do claxons on Friday. But that's not the case this week because there's only one local program on Friday. Good for the Morning Rush coming in and doing their thing on Friday morning at 6. But we're going to give four of our listeners about 10 minutes before 11 an opportunity to win some unbelievable barbecue from our friends at Claxons. We'll give you four games and a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker, by the way, is going to be Luca Garza's points today. And uh, we'll do that at about 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. To kick off the abbreviated 11 o'clock hour, Dave Sproul will get a last look at the Cyclones before they head to Austin to take on the Longhorns. That's an 11 o'clock kick. It's on the bus at 9 o'clock. About 4, 4.30, the Jethro Sound Off program will air here with uh, Heather Burnside and Emery Songer. And then to wrap things up, we've got Tom Cakert on the uh, Huskers and also on Oh, Trent, in case you hadn't noticed, hoops begins today in earnest, and the Hawkeyes take the floor at 3 o'clock. Our picks before we get out of here, it's a pretty big day for you, I'm guessing. That it is. It's my favorite sport, and um, it's the most anticipated for the team that I watch the closest, the Iowa Hawkeyes, the preseason buzz that has been there. I've told you throughout the last couple of weeks why I'm still a bit concerned with those lofty expectations, but... Go in eyes wide open, 23.5-point favorite today against North Carolina Central. That's the number in that one. 
mentioned uh, Drake yesterday opened up as a seven-point dog at K-State. You jumped all over it. I did, and it's down to five and a half. Oh. So other people are jumping on with the Bulldogs mm-hmm. this afternoon. They'll get things started on the local front at one o'clock, but their game's going on right now. Abilene Christian, East Tennessee State. Let's go. <laughs> Panthers today, 3.30? 3.30 against Western Kentucky. A dog in that game, the Panthers are. A bit surprising. Okay. And what, do we get TV? Yes, that'll be ESPNU. Uh, that's the second game from South Dakota. So 30 minutes after the conclusion of the first game, they'll jump on board. So about 3.30, a tip-off for that one against a very good Western Kentucky team. A lot of people think they're one of the favorites in Conference USA. So a couple of good majors doing battle there. West Virginia involved in that tournament, South Dakota State. A lot of pullouts. Only three mm. of the original eight teams that were involved in that tournament are still there. Well, they're going to make the best of it, Trent, mm-hmm. as uh, I think college basketball is going. You know an angle of the college basketball that... It's going to rear its head at some point. We are going to uh, be anticipating, fill in the blank, I don't care, whatever game you want, and an official test uh, positive. That happened this morning already. Did it really? Yes, and a game was canceled, Uh taken off the board because of that. Because Now, my question is, can't you do a game with just two officials? Well, you'd like to think, especially in in week number one, or day number one in this case. But look, I mean, these officials... They have to, there has to be different plans in place this year, obviously, mm-hmm. because these guys do four games a week, three, four times a week. Yeah. You know, they're, they're getting rid of, they're finishing up a, a game in Iowa City. They're getting in the car and driving to Champagne for tomorrow night. Right. And on they go. I mean, it's it's just continuous. Or getting in a plane. Or on a plane. And going to an ACC uh-huh. school or going somewhere else across the country. But the, the travel. Country. And yeah. isn't there a website that you can track the basketball is, officials? Yeah. yeah, you can see the guys that are worn down. And uh-huh. There's ways to track the this way they officiate. This is their third, night yes. in, uh, third game in four nights. Mm-hmm. And, they're, yeah. uh, and that's a betting angle it for is. some people. So that's going to be, look, it's sad, but it's likely going to um, impact something uh, with one of the four uh, teams that um, you know we, we care about most, and we've saw what was it? Baylor pulled out of Mohegan Sun late, and now them and I think maybe Oregon are trying to get together and make an no, MTE in Vegas. It was uh, um, Portland. Portland, okay. Portland, yeah. Portland is going to play Baylor. I think I saw on Sunday. Okay. I mean, th- this is what it is, uh-huh. and. Can we now, taking this in conjunction, of course, college basketball schedules are different than football, but we've seen these football games come together incredibly quickly. You don't need 10 years? You see what you're we, saying? Let's get away from that. Let's, I'm with you. Let's keep a spot open every single year for home and home, uh-huh. every other year, whatever, you know, the way you want to look at it. But do that because think of the matchups that have come together so quickly. Look like we we're going to get some games and it didn't happen. But sure, We saw one in the Pac-12 come together last night. Right. That's the way... It should be. We should be talking about in during spring football. All right. Ohio State, they do have an open spot here uh-huh. September 12th. And you know what? Who's going to be really good for, from the mid-major? Cincinnati. This is the time they need to play that mm-hmm. game. Or, you know, I really like this Florida team. You know who's going to be pretty salty this year? South Florida's actually and scheduled that game. Hell yeah. Put those games in there. Make the availability and the flexibility, most importantly, to get the best college football schedule we can. Okay. Oklahoma, Nebraska. Oh, yeah, they're going to play in 2032. That'll be great. I know. What are those programs going to be at that point? Uh, and, and here's it. I, mean, I might be dead by then. <laughs> you know, when, when, yeah. when games come out now is in, in this last few years, I'm thinking to myself, will I be able to talk about this game or will I be, done, be gone by then? <laughs> it's so far, Trent. It is, yeah. It's ridiculous. And it doesn't have to be. No, We're absolutely learning. doesn't. This is... 
more than anything, an ability uh-huh. to to restructure the way that it, things it, are done. It's, as a it's time. Yeah. It, it's it's absolutely time. It's time for Bama Bob, don't you think? We it do is. That? Yes. Get because real quick. Speaking of restructuring, the way they do this stupid thing, you loved it last night, I bet. <laughs> well, I just you know what? As much as anything, I love the preparation that the four talking heads obviously have. Right? I mean, Reese Davis is ready, and Kirk Herbstreit is set, and Pollock is terrific, and Galloway, and and, and even Jesse Palmer. These guys. They're prepared. Uh, they they know what's coming. They show up. They've done their homework, and they've got an opinion. And the fact that they are their one opinion's different from you know one of the other hosts' opinion, I think that that goes a long way in making the show. The rankings. I'm with you in a lot of ways. The rankings are what they are um, until we get to the rankings that'll come out on December the twentieth. It's good fodder. It makes for good conversation. That's part and parcel, in my opinion, what college basketball, or college football is. It's the discussion. It's the banter back and forth, the debate back and forth. That just adds to the enjoyment of the sport. Um, but, uh, yeah, last night was pretty good. Are we playing music? Are we going right to them? Let's go right to Bama Bob. Indeed. Uh, Bama Bob joins the program. Uh, Bama normally with us at 11.05, but uh, this week a little different. We'll recap with him on Monday at 11.05. Bama, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on to No Surprise. We have been discussing uh, the the rankings that came out last night. Uh, look, at, I'm with Trent in some ways. It's kind of meaningless, but it's, it's content at the same time. I'm impressed, Bama, as much as anything with uh, the preparation that Herb Street, that Reese Davis, uh, the Joey Galloway, David Pollock, uh, and, and Jesse Palmer, these guys are all prepared to sit down and do an hour, and I think it's a pretty educational hour. If nothing else, I like to come away with, hey, you know what, that's a pretty good point. Um, I like that as much as anything. What were your takeaways last night? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it, listen, it, it's a year like none other, but and, and like you just said, I mean, in a way, you kind of look at it and go, you know, does this really matter this year with all the stuff? But as you said, for, you know, for your show and for sports radio, it's content. And yep. it's the same for ESPN. I mean, it's content. If you're going to, they, they, everybody knows the situation that we're in. Um, but if we're going to still at this point have a playoff, then, then you prepare and you, you know, you go through the process to, to coin a term that's popular down here. Um, and, the committee went through the process, um, and, you know, Herb Street and Bauer and those guys went through the same thing. And, um, you know, look, the, the rankings are what they are. There, were, there was a couple of takeaways that, you know, Cincinnati sitting there at number seven, mm-hmm. I thought was, was really interesting. I think that gives them a shot if Notre Dame wins in the second time. Yeah. And of course, you know, Florida, uh, you know, drops out, uh, you know, to Alabama. You know, A&M's got a couple games on the schedule. Um, who, who, who below them, I guess, maybe Oklahoma, if they went yeah. out, uh, who, who below them would, would really jump them if they keep Northwestern's that, alive, Bama. That would be the one. Northwestern at eight because, you know, obviously they win the Big Ten. They win the West yeah. and they will. And then they pick off Ohio State. You would, I would think that they're not leaving the Big Ten champion out, if, especially if it's an undebeated right. Northwestern. Do you think, Trent? No, there, there's no chance. Yeah. I, yes, I yeah, know it's I, Northwestern. I agree with that. But then, but then, okay, does Ohio State now drop down below Cincinnati? Mm. I mean, you know, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. I, I think they're in a great spot. I don't, and yes, you're right. Technically, Northwestern is below them, and they could, but they also have a, you know, they would have knocked off by the fact, though, 
a a team that's three spots above them. So A and M's kind of that wild card sitting there, guys. If yeah. they if they went out, um, it's set up pretty good right now for the SEC to get two teams if things break right. Uh, it's also set up pretty well if Clemson beats Notre Dame for the ACC to get two. So um, you know, Indiana was another one. I thought. I mean, they're sitting there at four and one. It just tells you how little, and, and rightfully so this year, they got wins over Penn State and Michigan and a one-score loss on the road <laughs> right. to Ohio State. Yeah, Most years you would look at that team and go, that is, right. show me a team with a better resume. Yeah. Okay, well, this year it gets you number 12. Yeah, That's um, an excellent point, Bam. I, I mean, look at Georgia. They're 5-2, and two, uh, and you put yeah. Indiana's paper. Uh, Indiana's, oh, they, got, they got a Michigan scalp and a Penn State scalp, and yet they're 12 and a two-loss team is eight. That's a great point, Bama. Yeah, I mean, I, I just it just shows you this year, you know, yeah. or like I said, you know, last year, next year, if we're sitting here, we, you know, whatever it would be, where we played eight, nine games, whatever we've got, and if they have, if they have knocked off those two teams <laughs> and lost a one-score game on the road in Columbus, you'd be looking at them going, okay, they're probably sitting at five or six right now, but they're not, and uh, you know, the Pac-12, I, I just think that you know, outside looking in about it earlier. Outside looking in, BYU, kind of the same thing. I get it, and and I was listen. I'm a BYU fan. I'm 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 a contrarian this year, um, but you really they made some good points last night on the show as you mentioned the schedule. I mean their best rec their best win is against a Boise State team that was weakened and you know on the road. So third string uh, and not their fault. I mean they you look at the BYU schedule. I mean they had five you know Big Twelve Pac twelve. You know, five uh, power five schools, if you will, uh, on that schedule this year, and I feel for Zach Wilson because mm-hmm. I think he is going to he, he's a talent, and we, we've talked about before. Don't know what, have no idea where the bowl situation is going to be this year. I, I don't really think they should play bowls, other than if you want to have the playoffs. Um, I just think it's too risky, but they're probably not going to give up that money. But no. interesting show, and you know, we've got a couple of a uh, few weeks to let it sort itself out, but. If Forb holds, guys, it's probably not going to sort itself out until championship week, until Alabama and Florida play, and then the ACC championship. And then we'll just see what, you know, and the Big Ten. We'll see what happens from that point. One place I kind of disagree with both of you guys is the Pac-12. They only have three data points at this point. Mm -hmm. You have Oregon at 15, USC at 18. But if both those teams run the table, finish Mm 6-0, play each other in a championship game. How high can they get? I think they can get in the top four. If Oregon runs the table here, where will they be before the game? Six, seven, eight, right in that range. You're going to need to really climb, Trent. The resume, though, will build. And uh-huh. the rest of the resumes, Georgia's not a top 10 team. No, I agree with you. Neither's Miami. And, and it will be very easy no, to Miami, justify as you get more and more data for uh-huh. an Oregon, for a USC, if these teams continue to win, to jump them in front. And remember, every week, it's not like the AP and the coaches poll where seemingly you win. You move up if somebody loses right. in front of you. Right. They say they completely redo it every single week, and these data points are going to continue to rise there. I don't think it's over for the Pac-12. I hope you're going. right. I mean, the more conferences that are involved in yeah. this thing, the more discussion uh, is good. Speaking of discussion, we got to move on, fellas. Yeah. we got a lot of games to look at, uh, and the curtain goes up at 11 o'clock on, uh, on Friday morning in Austin. Iowa State, uh, of course, in Texas. We normally leave the locals out of it, but this is such a big game. Uh, I want to start there, and then I want to get you uh, just a quick hit on the Hawks. Trying to ask you, uh, Iowa State in Texas, you came in this morning. Uh, you were telling, um, well, I don't know, who's in here with us, was either Heather or Scott Knock, but yeah. you, you love 
Uh, you think the Clones are going to prevail? I do. I, I just think they're the better team. I, and top to bottom, they are the better football team. And basically any metric that you look at, any piece of data that you look at, I, I think it is a huge advantage for Iowa State. Ellinger, yes, he's a very nice player. We mm-hmm. get that. But I, I looked at kind of a breakdown of everything. The one thing that you know, Texas is elite at, rushing, oh, su- sigh. Oh, <laughs> rushing success offensively, they're, they're pretty good at that. Um, another thing on the offensive side is their offensive line's played pretty well. Outside of that, there isn't a whole lot. Well, it's still the Iowa State defensive line. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're at the top level of college football in that. Defensively, they're pretty good at stopping the run, but they play teams Iowa State has that has been able to stop the run, and Brees Hall still finds a way. Yeah, he does. And I think he's still going to find a way. It's hard. Unless we get one of the bad Brock Purdy performances for me, to imagine them losing this football game. Interesting. Well, I guess weather's going to be a factor. Bama, how do you see Texas-Iowa State? Yeah, this is my favorite game of the weekend, guys, wow. and I'm putting the iron ball on that one. I mean, I, this is this is probably the biggest game in Iowa State's I history. Think, I think I you know. might be right. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, I remember being back there when I lived there in, you know, in the in the very late 90s and 2001, all that. I mean, you know, McCartney kind of had them where they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were terrible for so long, and then Okay, we're kind of getting to a ball game. Guys, they're playing for a berth in the Big 12 championship yep. game tomorrow. I mean, if they win it, I don't think, I don't know if they can clinch tomorrow, but they can certainly bury Texas. I think Texas. they can, Bama, um, because Texas, they'll have the tiebreaker over Texas. Yeah, and Oklahoma. Right. Um, you know, and Oklahoma's got a big one tomorrow. They got a tough one tomorrow, but yeah, get to uh, I'm kind of with Trent. Listen, I mean, this is basically a pick em. I think that says all you need. I mean, Texas maybe by a point to mm-hmm. me. That's sort of a pick 'em game. Um, I that to me, I've said Iowa State. I thought Iowa State and Oklahoma State were the two best teams in the Big Twelve. I'm fading on Oklahoma State now after last week. Uh, I still think Iowa State as Iowa State as you mentioned, a complete team. They can run it. They've got defense. They've got a good quarterback. They've got some talent at receivers. They've got a good coach. I think they may have the better coach on the sideline tomorrow. Ellen, to me, the, the the wild card is Ellinger. I mean, if he pulls off one of these, you know, run for 150, throw for 250, 300, uh, then, then maybe, you know, Texas. That's the only way I think Texas can win. He's but capable. I'm excited about this one. He is capable. And, and they may have the advantage of quarterback, although I love Purdy. And, and I think if Iowa State just plays Iowa State football, and that is, Take care of it. You can't give Texas, you know, extra chances, you know, block punts, uh, miss field goals, leaving points on the board, you know, score touchdowns if you get, you know, first and goal at the five. You can't settle for three, those kind of things. And ball control. And you mentioned Hall. I mean, he's been able to do it all year. Um, he is, he's an NFL back. He's going mm-hmm. to play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think talent wise, Iowa State has more. I think they have a better coach. I think it's going to be tight. I hope they don't get too hyped up. But, uh, yes, I would right now, I'm, if you made me pick, I'm picking Iowa State. I think they've been one of the, you know, they're one of the two best teams, I think, in, in the Big 12. And they've got a chance tomorrow to go out, or Friday, and go out and prove it. And I'm glad it's early. You know, that's, that's kind of the early window. Everybody wants to start off, you know, hey, let's, you know, what's on TV? And, you know, right. you look and there, there they are on network television, got it all to themselves at 11 a.m. Great for the program. It really is. A real quick hit on this. Nebraska, Iowa is usually close. We saw Nebraska last week get embarrassed by Illinois. Is this game close? We'll put it to you that way. Bam, is this a close game on uh, Friday? 
I don't think so. I mean, I want to say yes because it's quote-unquote rivalry. When Nebraska joined the Big Ten, this was the game I was looking forward to the most. You know, border war, late in the year, always after you know Thanksgiving weekend, cold, all this kind of stuff. But Nebraska just has not lived up to it. You're right, in the past it's been close. I don't think it is tomorrow. I think Iowa wins, you know, and when I say close, it's not going to be 42 to 10, I don't mm-hmm. think, but I think, you know, 27, 13, something like that. I think Iowa has a really good shot at covering. I just don't know where Nebraska is right now. I thought switching quarterbacks would help. It hasn't. That game against Illinois, as you mentioned, that, that may be the low point of the Scott Frost era, and there's been a lot of them, but that last week might have been the low point. Iowa getting a little better defense, pretty good. I don't see this one being terribly close, uh, uh, you know, at least coming down in the last five minutes with the game in the balance. Uh, real quick, Trent, before you do that, Nick Saban is positive for COVID. This is not a false positive this time. This news is just breaking. Saban, COVID-19, he will miss the Iron Bowl. Trent, is Nebraska-Iowa close? It is. This one comes down to the wire again like it has the last couple of times. Keith Duncan close? Iowa wins by a score. Okay. Maybe it doesn't take a last-second field goal, but this is not the romp that we maybe anticipate after seeing Nebraska. Nebraska's not as bad as they looked last week. I don't know if I was as good as they've looked at times the last couple of weeks. I think this is a four-quarter game. I think it'll come down to the fourth quarter. I will make enough plays to win, but it'll be inside that two-touchdown spread. Maybe one of the better games this week, especially now that the rankings are coming out. Uh, North Carolina's got a chance to, uh, uh, do, to do some damage to Notre Dame. This is a big spot. Two good quarterbacks. Trent, let's get your take on Notre Dame and UNC. You know, a North Carolina team that had a lot of buzz, Mac Brown, mm-hmm. and I, I still think it was a touch early. We see the defense is not good. This is a defense that is, what, given up? Well, they gave up 28 to Florida State. A lot of it came early, of course, in that game. As yeah. they, <laughs> All the, of it did. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they still gave up 44 to Virginia. They gave up 24 to Duke. They gave up 53 to Wake. But they can score. You know, Wake's better than they are. Yes. And they can team. keep up. This yep. Carolina team is explosive off- offensively. Bo Corrales on the outside. Of course, you mentioned Harrell, the quarterback. Uh, they got a lot of dudes that can score. Is it enough against Notre Dame? I just think the line play is too good. I have this on my list. I like the four and a half that you can get with Carolina. Don't know if it'll be part of my picks, but I think you're going to be entertained. This is a great game. What turns to be a pretty light slate after we get mm-hmm. through the Iowa and Iowa State games, mm-hmm. this is one an easy one to flip back over to. I, I'm with you, and we should get there in time for the second half. I hope it's good. Will it be good, Bama? Got a chance, as Trent mentioned. I mean, and it's all about offense. I mean, it, listen. We know North Carolina's defense is not very good. If, if they if they don't hand Notre Dame several possessions, it sounds you know it's coach speak, if you will. Uh, if they don't hand Notre Dame extra possessions, I, I think they can they can they can get into a shootout with them. I don't think they can get into a ball control, grind it out kind of game with Notre Dame. But if they, if Notre Dame if they can go up and down the field, they've got weapons. You know they're averaging over 500 yards a game. Um, as you mentioned, they're giving up 400 yards a game. Not very good. Uh, Notre Dame's defense is a little better. I think this has a chance to be a tight game going into the, you know, into the fourth quarter. And if it is, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Notre Dame. Yes. I don't know that it's, you know, if they, if they were to drop this one and beat Clemson twice, I think they're still in. But obviously, you know, they, they want that. They, I don't think they can really afford. Uh, obviously, they can't afford two losses to get in. Um, but this is a big game for Notre Dame. They 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 want to stay clean going into the ACC championship game. But yeah, this has a chance to be good. And by the way, that Nick Saban news, 
my my phone. If you hear dings, that's my phone. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> call, back call, call everybody down here that I know texting me because it's for real this time. Yeah, it is. Well, let's talk about the Iron Bowl, Bamo. Uh, you know it as well as anybody. Um, look, it's a rivalry. It's a big number. Alabama put up 63 last week against Kentucky. Yeah. Would they love to put up 63 against Auburn? This game has been so good for so many years. Of course, the kick six. Um, I don't know. Is it good, Bama? Oh, man. You know, the the spread up until about three minutes ago was about 24 and a half. That's going to probably go down by about a touchdown, I would say. I don't, I don't know how this is close, guys. Now, again, Saban not being on the sideline is the X factor. And the other thing is, it's what, Wednesday? If Nick Saban is positive, who else is positive on that team? Mm-hmm. Is Mac Jones positive? Mm-hmm. Is Najee Harris? Is Devontae Smith? That's where you start getting into you know, oh crap territory yep. if you're Alabama. All things being equal, this game shouldn't be close. Alabama has a huge advantage at quarterback. They have a massive advantage at receiver. I think uh, they can massive advantage uh, at running back in Najee Harris. They're averaging, you know, 550 yards a game. I'm looking at the stats. They, they, they give up, they, they score 49 and a half a game and they give up 19. I mean, that, that, I've just never seen anything like that for an Alabama team. The offense has been unstoppable. Um, if, if they're at full strength and they don't start having some kind of an outbreak amongst their starters, then I don't know that this game is close because, uh, you know, it's just a talent difference. I will say this, though. You know, Nick Saban's been there 13 years. Outside of his first year, he's lost, in the last 12 years, he's lost 11 conference games in 12 years in the SEC, and five of them have been to Auburn. That just tells you how close this, this series usually is. Um, but all things being equal talent-wise, again, COVID can throw a wrench into all of this. Um, but everything being equal, I think it might stay within the number. Uh, I think I think this is a two two-score game minimum for Alabama. You like this game, Trent? I think it's going to be a blowout. Unfortunately, these games in Tuscaloosa. I mean, you got to go back to 2010, the Cam Newton game, down 24 nothing. They came roaring back. What a that game! One. What a that game! That was incredible. Yep. But that's the last time that Auburn won in Tuscaloosa. I think, regardless of Saban, and even if there are some guys out for Alabama, they're just too good offensively. They can put huge point totals up, and I'm not a big believer in this Auburn team either. I think. You look at some of the miraculous wins that they've had this year. This easily could be a team that's sitting under 500 right now, as opposed to where they're at. I thought they were going to get beat last Saturday, and, and it was trending that it direction was. for two and a half quarters yeah. until late in the third yeah, in the uh, pick six. Yeah. Both those games. I so mean, I, I don't think we're going to get a good one here, unfortunately. I, I'm with you guys. Let's uh, move on. Uh, we only got a couple of minutes left. I want to do the Pac-12 game, Oklahoma, or the Pac-12, the Big 12 game, Oklahoma, West Virginia. Lee Sterling was on with us yesterday, Bama. He's our handicapper. Um, he thinks West Virginia is going to win outright. I can't go with him. Does Oklahoma let down after Bedlam with so much to play for? I can't see it. West Virginia's better. Uh, how do you see this game, Bama? I think this is close. I'm looking at that 11, and I'm, I'm if, if you made me, I'm, I'm taking those points. I know Oklahoma's probably playing as well as anybody in the conference, but you're at, you're absolutely right. I mean, Bedlam last week, and we've I've talked about it before. I mean, I think this is the toughest conference road trip in the Power Five, having to go a Big 12 team from Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, where Iowa, wherever it is, having to go to Morgantown. That is a hard trip. 
it's a long trip. It's not, you know, it's a bus ride. It's a plane ride. It's a bus ride. It's all these things. And look, West Virginia is a lot better than I thought they were, um, especially on defense. If they can, you know, somehow shake up Spencer Rattler a little bit, but they're, Oklahoma is running the ball better. But, you know, West Virginia's run defense has been good. Yeah. I think this is a tight game. This is, and listen, as big as, as big as, the Texas game is for Iowa State. This game is equally as big tomorrow. If if mm-hmm. if Iowa State can you know somehow pick Texas off and West Virginia knock mm. off Oklahoma, that that might bury them. It's three conference losses. Um, I think this one's tight. I really do. Uh, and I know Oklahoma's playing a lot better. If it gets into a shootout, if they get ahead early, uh, West Virginia's going to have a hard time keeping up. But I think this is a tight game. I don't know about outright, but I would take those 11 if I had to. Trent, this is a really good West Virginia defense, and I think they're going to be able to slow it down. Letty Brown can run the ball for West Virginia. I'm with Lee Sterling. I'm with Bama Bob. I'm with a lot of people. This will be part of the picks coming up at 1125. Interesting. And then, of course, West Virginia makes their way to Ames next weekend. Guys, what's your sneaky good game this week? Trent Condon. We're going to the MAC. Of course we are. We're going to the MAC, and though we don't 11 get it o'clock Saturday morning on a Wednesday, yes, that's where a big bunch of these games are. It is Buffalo and Kent State. Kent State three and zero for the first time in forever. Buffalo's good too. Buffalo is really good. Yep. This Kent State program, Trey Lewis, their coach, former tight end at Wisconsin, guy that uh, he's what thirty three years old, I think it is. Jeez. Really young job, and people told him, "Don't take the Kent State job. You can't win at Kent State." He's done it. And he uh, has them on a path to have a winning record for the first time in back-to-back years, like 50 years. That's what he's doing there. Good one. Kent State Buffalo, my sneaky good team. Sneaky Bama? Uh, I'm going Pac-12, 630 Friday night. Civil War. Yeah. Oregon at Oregon State. Yep. I mean, I've seen Oregon State, as luck would have it, or fate, or odds, <laughs> or whatever. Seen them play a couple times this year. Saw them against Washington. They're not a bad team, uh-huh. guys. They got a guy, you know, Jefferson's a good running back. They, you know, the quarterback is decent, not great. Um, look, Oregon's going to have all the motivation in the world, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I just, it's, it's one of those games Friday. It's not terribly late. It's not 9 30. It's not, you know, Pac 12 after dark late, but it's 6 30. It's the last game Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, high school's over. You know, why not? I think this one's got a shot, uh, to be, to be decent maybe into the second half. Well, it's going to draw a lot of eyeballs, no doubt about that, for those very reasons. Yeah. I'll go to 11 o'clock uh, Saturday morning. Maryland, uh, Indiana. I want to see Indiana's are let down yeah. there after they played so tough against uh, Ohio State. And I think Maryland's uh, better than uh, most thought. That is going to do it. Bama, uh, what do you got planned? Uh, you know, we're just, like everybody else, you know, we're just going to kind of take it easy, try to be safe. Um, you know, small gathering this year and uh, you know, Ken, I just wanted to say thanks to all the listeners out there for indulging me, um, <laughs> you and Trent as well. I enjoy it, uh, especially this year more than ever. You know, I look forward to getting on and just talking. We, we all have issues. You know, the sport has issues that we're navigating around, but we're able to talk about it, you know, week in, week out. There are games on the field that we get to talk about. So that to me, thankful for that. And just, you know, I know it's, this is, this year sucked. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Um, but I think no matter what has gone on, if you look around close enough, you can find something that you're thankful for, and I hope everybody can do that. And just let's get through this year, and hopefully, uh, you know, I'm confident by this time next year we're back to normal, full stadiums uh, and everything else. So no uh, just everybody stay stay safe, enjoy your family, and, um, you know, 
try to find something to be thankful for. It shouldn't be too hard. Indeed. I'm thankful for this segment uh, on Fridays and on Mondays. I love it. It means college football season. Bama, great. Uh, you're great at what you do. Thank you for doing it for us. Have a wonderful uh, four days, and we'll talk to you on Monday. We'll recap everything that we've seen. Thank you, Bama Bob. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you guys. Enjoy it. Take care. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you Monday. Take care. Bama Bob, uh, as we talk a little college football. Uh, localize it a little bit next. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal starts the Huskers and the Hawkeyes and Sippel opine when he, when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. It's time for Sip. <laughs> Stephen M. Sippel from the Lincoln Journal-Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Cornhuskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, let's get to it. He's our friend Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. He'll be at Kinnick Stadium on Friday for the noon kickoff, and he joins the program. Sip, Trent Ken, thanks for coming on, Sip. Happy Thanksgiving. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. You know, before we get into uh, Friday and look back, uh, just any update on Colin Miller? That was such a scary uh, injury, Sip, uh, when it happened. He was on the field for the longest time, of course, all the precautions in the world, and rightly so. Uh, I've seen some Twitter. He thanked the uh, folks for, you know, the uh, thoughts and prayers uh, reaching out to him. Any update on Colin Miller? Obviously, he's not going to play, uh, but just um, how is he? Yeah, I think he's doing pretty good. They're calling it a spinal concussion, um, which I'm not exactly sure what that is, but that's what the name of it is. He is he is not – it doesn't look like he'll return this season. That's what Scott Frost announced on Monday. But he's – you know, he was at practice. Um, you know, he's standing. I, I, he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what his future is in football, it's way too early to say. But he's he's – you know, it's he came through it okay. Good news on that front. Yep, absolutely. And a very scary situation. Uh, from that to what we saw on the field, and after all the good feelings that were built, beating Penn State to lose to Illinois, and to do it in that fashion, Sip, it just feels like one step forward, two steps back with this program. Your takeaway from the lost Illinois? Well, yeah, I mean, it. I mean... You know how it is in this business. Sometimes we overreact, mm-hmm. but I don't think we're overreacting here. This is Illinois came in and and you guys watched ran the ball down in. their throat. Yeah, they they won the game easily, and they they weren't pressed, and that's what that's what has to be emphasized here. Um, yeah, and, and now getting ready to play a team that's clearly going to try to rip it right at you on the mm-hmm. ground, you know, stretch left, stretch right. Yeah. And that, you know, Illinois had two running backs go over 100 yards. Now, it also should be mentioned, Illinois was a pretty good running team coming in. I mean, they have run the ball well. Uh, but, you know, to have two running backs go over 100 yards against you, and it's a team in Illinois that's seven, I think the record's now 17-37 and 37 under Lovey. Now, it's been up not just 
it sent up several red flags. Yeah. Um, Sip, was there maybe for the first time, and you know, obviously better than, than, um, than we do over here, but maybe for the, or maybe it was the loudest. Maybe it was, you know, it's been some whispers before. And I'm talking about Scott Frost. Um, was this the, the most, maybe people up out on ledges that maybe he's not the guy that we thought is going to take us to where the program was going to be going? Was this the, was this the week that, um, some of the fandom broke on Scott Frost? Really good question. Uh, I think, I mean, definitely there's that element. I mean, that there's, there's that discussion's being had and it's, you know, I don't, I mean, now let's be clear though. Let's be very clear on something. So your Iowa listeners understand he has the support of the regents. He has the support of the president, the chancellor and the, uh, the AD. Mm-hmm. So he's not under any kind of fire. It's just, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, yeah, people are questioning now. They're questioning where this is going. It's not, I wrote that. I wrote that, in fact, out of that game on a game column. But it's too soon to give up on the notion that he's the right guy. But it's not too soon to wonder because he's 10 and 18. Yep. I mean, there's no way when he was hired. Remember all the, remember, you know, I would come on your show and we would yep. talk about all the excitement here. Um, now, if I would have come on your show and said, you know, I appreciate all the excitement, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised after 30 games that if he's 10 and 20, what is your deal? Um, but that's what we're looking at. He's 10 and 18 right now, you know, staring, staring down the barrel of 10 and 19. It's, uh, it's just so crazy looking at this program. Scott Frost, it felt like the perfect hire. Mm-hmm. It felt like it this this was going to work. And then this week, and, and maybe this is just silly sip, but one of the first things that I see come out is Cade Warner saying, "Yeah, we're gonna wear, we're gonna wear mustaches this week." I, I I get having fun. I know that it just can't be all work all the time there, but I don't know. It just it felt to me, from my outside perspective, the goofiness when you're going through what you're going through in another trying season. And they're worried about growing mustaches in the wide receiver room. <laughs> it's not. It's not the best optic. Yeah. Um, I, I. I don't know. I mean, I. I can sort of ride it off to. You know, there's there's still college kids that that want to have some fun. Yeah. I, you know, Trent, it probably doesn't bother me as, as much as it bothers you. I didn't even give it much thought. Um, to be honest, I, it's just one of those. For me, it was just an eye roll mo- moment, and then move on to the bigger issue of how is Nebraska going to move the ball? I mean, that's a bigger issue to me, and I uh, <laughs> I don't have the foggiest notion how that's going to happen. Yeah. They they really need help in the wide receiver position. I mean, Trent and I both love Wondell Robinson. Mm-hmm. Hard not to like this kid. Not the biggest kid, but seemingly is fearless. Love that about him. But what what's the latest on Omar Manning, Sip? I mean, a kid his size, with his skill set, um, he's got to make an impact. Saw Oliver Martin with a couple of catches last week against Illinois. Guessing we'll see him on Friday. But where's Omar Manning? Will he play? No. No, he won't play. Um, he won't play this year. I don't. I, I mean, I'd be really surprised if he did. He was on the sideline in, like, short pants. You know, he was wearing shorts. He wasn't in uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got health issues. Matt Lubick 
this week. Matt Lupick is the offensive coordinator here, and he just says we just have to get him healthy. But it's there's been quite a bit of mystery surrounding the conversation. Um, we're not sure exactly what his injury has been, and I don't think it's just when they say healthy. I don't think it's it's all just physical injury. Um, there are some other elements to the discussion that are more private in nature. Yep. So I just don't. Um, I I I mean I've just sort of moved on from that conversation, except to to do due diligence when he, when he's mentioned. Sip, we have literally a minute left. Who will we, we may see both quarterbacks, but who do you think is going to start? Listening, reading your stuff, listening to Frost, I get the, and maybe maybe this is just he's planting the seed of doubt, and if, it, if, he, if he was, it worked with me. Uh, more important than it works in Iowa City, but I get the sense Adrian Martinez is a distinct possibility, at least to start. I think McCaffrey's the future, and Frost said as much. It was fun to watch him play. I mean, he's, uh, he's he takes a ton of hits. And he runs the ball way too much for a quarterback. But might it be Martinez to start the game? Yeah, you guys, what I'm always impressed by is you have a great feel for what's going on over here. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's you're, you characterize the discussion exactly how I'm hearing it here. Nobody knows, though, and I don't have any inside information. In that regard, but I, I would, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting just through conjecture that it'll be Martinez. And I frankly hope it will be Martinez because I think that's the right move. Um, against this defense, um, I just don't know if McCaffrey was quite ready to be a full time starter. Um, and all that entails, you know, I, I, now maybe they'll send him out there again and give him a chance, but, I don't know. It's just my. I'm not a total way. I've been covering the team for 30 years. <laughs> right. He looks. He, lo- he looks. Um, he looks a little green. Um, he doesn't. You know, he's really unseasoned, and he's not. He, he hasn't been a quarterback for very long. You know, he wasn't a quarterback as a sophomore in high school. He started playing as a junior, and I believe he moved full time to quarterback as a senior in high school. Maybe as a junior, but not. But anyway, he hasn't been playing the position very long, and I think it shows. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see Adrian back there. Scott did say that McCaffrey's the quarterback of the future. That sort of raised eyebrows around here. Like, wait a second, what, what what's that mean for Logan Smothers, for instance, mm-hmm. the true freshman? You know, I mean, it's I, maybe he sort of misspoke. Um, but anyway, no, I, I think you're right. I think I think you will see Adrian Martinez in the shotgun to start the game. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Appreciate what you do for us. Uh, we'll talk to you next week in advance of Purdue. Uh, thank you, Sip. Appreciate you coming on, as always. I appreciate what you do for me, and I'll yeah, we'll see you soon and talk to you soon for sure. All right, pal. Good to talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal Stars. We talk a little Nebraska and Iowa, and I think it's Adrian Martinez. You know what else I think? I think that we're going to open up the phone lines mm-hmm. and take four of our listeners right now and give them an opportunity to win Claxton's Barbecue. I like how you're thinking. 284-5966. The first four callers right now get an opportunity to play for Claxton's. If you're getting a ring, that means you're in. Stay right there. We will get to you. We've got four games and a tiebreaker. The, the winner will get $35 worth of Claxton's. The runner-up, 25 Claxton's Barbecue on Miller & Condon next. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO 10. Station Supply. 
Aaron Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Jeff, David, Randy, and Jason are about to uh, play for an opportunity to win some Claxons Barbecue. Claxons Barbecue in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona in business. Uh, serving barbecue in the Altoona area for 25 years. A restaurant that long. They must be doing something right. We know they are. Claxon's Barbecue, 3131 8th Street Southwest. Claxonbbq.com. Uh, Jeff, David, Randy, and Jason, just so you guys can give it some thought, the tiebreaker is going to be Luca Garza's points this afternoon. Uh, let's get to Jeff first of all. Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Texas, Iowa State, pick them. Here we go. Uh, I was telling Trent, all my friends, everybody I've talked to likes Iowa State, but I'm sticking with Iowa State. When they get done beating Texas, they're going to get on the bus, they're going to make a lap around Austin with Sweet (laughs) Caroline. All right. uh, I like it. Giving that one some thought. Uh, Iowa, 13.5 over Nebraska. Will there be a bus ride involved here? Well, for some reason, they call this a rivalry, but I think Iowa's won five straight. Uh-huh. Is that right? Yep. So you might as well buy a six-pack and watch Iowa run all over Nebraska. Give me the hawk. Uh, Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favorite over Tampa Bay. The, the Buccaneers have lost two of three. Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me the Chiefs. Green Bay on Sunday night is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over the... Trent, who's going to start? Is it Trubisky? I think that's all that's left, right? Yeah. Either him or Tyler Bray. Uh, well, the the Packers are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, Jeff. Well, they might as well call it Trent and have him suit up because both their quarterbacks <laughs> aren't no good. Give me Green Bay. How many points for Luca Garza today? Closest without going over. That's the tiebreaker. Give me 24. Jeff, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Take care. David is with Miller and Condon. Hi, David. Hi, guys. How you doing? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Texas, Iowa State. Who do you want? Texas. Iowa is a 13.5-point favorite over Nebraska. Oh, without a doubt, Iowa. Chiefs are a 3.5-point favorite at Tampa Bay. Chiefs. Green Bay, 8.5 over Chicago on Sunday night. As much as I don't like them, i got to pick the pack. I don't like them. Are you a Vikings fan? No, I'm a Dallas fan. Dallas so I'm fan. Doing very well. <laughs> All right. Uh, Luca, here's the tiebreaker. Luca Garza's points this afternoon. Closest without going over, David. Well, Jeff took my number. I was going to say 24, but I'm going to go up to 27. 20, you can have 24 if you want. You don't have, you, I mean, just because it's taken doesn't mean you can't. You, where do you want to go? 24, 27? No, I'll stick with 27. David, have a great weekend. Thank you. Have a nice one, guys. Yeah, appreciate Bye. it. Randy is with Miller and Condon. Hi, Randy. Hello. Uh, it's Winsome Claxon's Barbecue. How's that sound? Oh, it sounds great. Texas, Iowa State. Who do you want? Uh, this is for my friend Malby. I'll take the clones. Malby has got the clones. Iowa, 13.5 over Nebraska. Hawks. Uh, Kansas City, 3.5 over Tampa Bay. I'll take the Chiefs. And Green Bay's an 8.5 point favorite over the Bears. I uh, hate Green Bay like they call it. <laughs> Before me, but I'm so I'm gonna take the Bears. All right, Who, who's your squad? Oh, I love the Vikes. Like Vikings, Vikings for you. Here's the tiebreaker: Luca Garza total points this afternoon, Randy. Uh, I don't think he's gonna play all that much. I'm gonna I'm gonna say 19. 19. Uh, good thought process there. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you. You have a good weekend. And Jason brings Claxons to a close for another week. Hi, Jason. Hello. Uh, Texas or Iowa State? 
I think Texas is a fraud. I'll take the clones. All right. I was a 13.5-point favorite over Nebraska. Hawks win, but don't cover. Hawks win and don't cover. Nebraska and the points for you. Chiefs, 3.5 at Tampa Bay. Chiefs. Green Bay, 8.5 at home against Chicago. Just because it makes no sense, I'll take the Bears. It doesn't make any sense. I'm with you. Uh, Luca Garza's points this afternoon. Closest without going over, Jason. I want to say 28 just to, to knock out a guy or two. Be a little different. Jason, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. You too. Good to talk to you. Thank you to Claxons. Thank you to our four listeners. Uh, any consensus? Did anybody go take Tampa Bay? Uh, no. So we got the Chiefs across the board. And doesn't that line seem fishy? It does to me, too, Trent. Yeah. I made up my best bet on picks. I'll Did just you? say it now. Um, it does seem fishy. You bet good on your best bets. Well, how, how can you not take... When when Patrick Mahomes only has to give three and a half, right? Yeah, right. Why wouldn't you do that? It's got a red light flashing. Pick me. Why wouldn't you lay seven and a half coming off a buy as good as Andy Reid has been? That's and, a great point. Didn't yeah. happen though, did it? It didn't. No, and I got burnt on that one. Twenty four, twenty three, final just in. Oh boy, Chiefs get the win, but not the cover. Yeah, not the cover. That make Vegas happy, and not just more than Vegas. Mm-hmm. Sports books across the country happy. Uh, we've got. Uh, we're gonna play the hits. Uh, Dave Sproul on Iowa State to kick off the 11 o'clock hour. Tom Cakert on Iowa football and basketball. And then our picks before we get out of here, 1130, abbreviated hour for Miller and Condon. Iowa State women. Curtain goes up on their season this morning, 1130. You'll hear it right here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next 90 minutes. Abbreviated program today. Right at 11.30, we will get you to Ames, to Hilton Coliseum. The uh, curtain goes up on Iowa State women's basketball season 2020-2021. Pre-game show at 11.30, tip at noon. We will get you there right on time, uh, coming up here in about 90 minutes. A ton uh, to get to on the program as we're going to squeeze in as much content as we possibly can uh, in about five minutes. Somewhere around there, Bama Bob will join us. We'll go around college football, some of the better games this weekend. Take a look back at last night's television program where the rankings were released. 10.35, our friend Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star. He covers Nebraska. We will uh, take a peek from a Nebraska perspective on Nebraska and the Hawkeyes. Noon kickoff begins down the hall radio-wise at 10 o'clock on WHO. Uh, that is, again, a noon kickoff. Stephen M. Sipple will uh, give us the latest on that from Nebraska at 1035. Which quarterback is it going to be? i got a feeling Adrian Martinez might see some playing time. Anyways, uh, if you enjoy the program, we certainly hope you do. Or even if you don't, you listen. We're glad of that, too. Uh, but we do claxons on Friday. But that's not the case this week because there's only one local program on Friday. Good for the morning rush coming in and doing their thing on Friday morning at 6. But we're going to give four of our listeners about 10 minutes before 11 an opportunity to win some unbelievable barbecue from our friends at Claxons. We'll give you four games and a tiebreaker. Tiebreaker, by the way, is going to be Luca Garza's points today. 
And uh, we'll do that at about 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. To kick off the abbreviated 11 o'clock hour, Dave Sproul will get a last look at the Cyclones before they head to Austin to take on the Longhorns. That's an 11 o'clock kick. It's on the bus at 9 o'clock. About 4, 4.30, the Jethro Sound Off program will air here with uh, Heather Burnside and Emery Songer. And then to wrap things up, we've got Tom Cakert on the uh, Huskers and also on Oh, Trent, in case you hadn't noticed, hoops begins today in earnest, and the Hawkeyes take the floor at 3 o'clock. Our picks before we get out of here, it's a pretty big day for you, I'm guessing. That it is. It's my favorite sport, and um, it's the most anticipated for the team that I watch the closest, the Iowa Hawkeyes, the preseason buzz that has been there. I've told you throughout the last couple of weeks why I'm still a bit concerned with those lofty expectations, but... Go in eyes wide open, 23.5-point favorite today against North Carolina Central. That's the number in that one. Mentioned uh, Drake yesterday, opened up as a 7-point dog at K-State. You jumped all over it. I did, and it's down to 5.5. So other people uh, jumping on with the Bulldogs Mm -hmm. this afternoon. They'll get things started on the local front at 1 o'clock, but... Their game's going on right now. Abilene Christian, East Tennessee State. Let's go. Panthers today, 3.30? 3.30 against Western Kentucky. A dog in that game, the Panthers are. A bit surprising. Okay. And do we get TV? Yes, that'll be ESPNU. Uh, That's the second game from South Dakota. So 30 minutes after the conclusion of the first game, they'll jump on board. So about 3.30, a tip-off for that one against a very good Western Kentucky team. A lot of people think they're one of the favorites in Conference USA. So a couple of good majors doing battle there. West Virginia involved in that tournament. South Dakota State. A lot of pullouts. Only three mm. of the original eight teams that were involved in that tournament are still there. Well, they're going to make the best of it, Trent, mm-hmm. as uh, I think college basketball is going. You know one angle of the college basketball that it, it's going to rear its head at some point? We are going to uh, be anticipating fill in the blank. I don't care. Whatever game you want. And an official test uh, positive. Because that happened this morning already. Did it really? Yes. And a game was canceled, uh. taken off the board because of that. Because now my question is, can't you do a game with just two officials? Well, you'd like to think, especially in, in week number one or day right. number one in this case. But look, I mean, the, these officials, they have to. There has to be different plans in place this year, obviously, mm-hmm. because these guys do four games a week, three, four times a week. Yeah. You know, they're they're getting rid of. They're finish up a, a game in. Iowa City, they're getting in the car and driving to Champagne for tomorrow night. Right, and on they go. I mean, it's it's just continuous. Or getting in a plane, or on a plane, and going to an ACC uh-huh. school, or going somewhere else across but the, the country. travel. And yeah. isn't there a website that you can track the basketball is, officials? Yeah. yeah, and you can see the guys that are worn down. And uh-huh. there's ways to track the this way they officiate. This is their third night and yes. third game in four nights, mm-hmm. and they're. Yeah. Uh, and that's a betting angle it for is. some people. So that's going to be, look, it's sad, but it's likely going to um, impact something uh, with one of the four teams that um, you know we, we care about most. And we have saw, what was it, Baylor pulled out of Mohegan Sun. Late. And now them, and I think maybe Oregon are trying to get together and make an no, MTE in Vegas. It was uh, um, Portland. Portland, okay. Portland, yeah, Portland is going to play Baylor, I think I saw on Sunday. Okay. I mean, this is what it is. Uh And can we now, taking this in conjunction, of course, college basketball schedules are different than football, but we've seen these football games come together incredibly quickly. You don't need 10 years? What you're saying? Let's get away from that. I'm with you. Let's keep a spot open every single year for home and home, Uh every other year, whatever, you know, the way you want to look at it. But do that because... 
think of the matchups that have come together so quickly. Looked like we were going to get some games and it didn't happen. But we saw one in the Pac-12 come together last night. Right. That's the way it should be. We should be talking about in during spring football. All right. Ohio State, they do have an open spot here uh-huh. September 12th. And you know what? Who's going to be really good for, from the mid-major Cincinnati? This is the time they need to play that mm-hmm. game. Or, you know, I really like this Florida team. You know who's going to be pretty salty this year? South Florida's actually re- and scheduled that game. Hell yeah. Put those games in there. Make the availability and the flexibility, most importantly, to get the best college football schedule we can. Okay. Oklahoma, Nebraska. Oh, yeah, they're going to play in 2032. That'll be great. I know. It. What are those programs going to be at that point? Uh, and, and here's it. Mean, I'm gonna, I might be dead by then. <laughs> you know, when, when, yeah. when games come out now is in, in this last few years, I'm thinking to myself, will I be able to talk about this game or will I be, done, be gone by then? <laughs> it's so far, Trent. It is, yeah. It's ridiculous. And it doesn't have to be. No, We're absolutely doesn't. Th- this is, more than anything, an ability uh-huh. to to restructure the way that it, things it, are done it's, in the college time. football. It, yeah. it's, it's absolutely time. It's time for Bama Bob. Don't you think we it do is, that? It is, yes. Get because real quick. Speaking of restructuring, the way they do this stupid thing. You loved it last night, I bet. <laughs> well, I just, you know what, as much as anything, I love the preparation that the four talking heads obviously have, right? I mean, Reese Davis is ready, and Kirk Herbstreet is set, and Pollock is terrific, and Galloway, and, and, and even Jesse Palmer. These guys, they're prepared uh, they they know what's coming. They show up. They've done their homework, and they've got an opinion. And the fact that they are their one opinion's different from you know one of the other hosts' opinion, I think that that goes a long way in making the show. The rankings, I'm with you in a lot of ways. The rankings are what they are um, until we get to the rankings that'll come out on December the twentieth. It's good fodder. It makes for good conversation. That's part and parcel, in my opinion, what college basketball, college football is. It's the discussion. It's the banter back and forth, the debate back and forth. That just adds to the enjoyment of the sport. Um, but, uh, yeah, last night was pretty good. Are we playing music? Or are we going right to them? Let's go right to Bama Bob. Indeed. Uh, Bama Bob joins the program. Uh, Bama normally with us at 11.05, but uh, this week a little different. We'll recap with him on Monday at 11.05. Bama, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on to No Surprise. We have been discussing uh, the the rankings that came out last night. Uh, look, at, I'm with Trent in some ways. It's kind of meaningless, but it's, it's content at the same time. I'm impressed, Bama, as much as anything with uh, the preparation that Herb Street, that Reese Davis, uh, the Joey Galloway, David Pollock, uh, and, and Jesse Palmer, these guys are all prepared to sit down and do an hour, and I think it's a pretty educational hour. If nothing else, I'd like to come away with, hey, you know what, that's a pretty good point. Um, I like that as much as anything. What were your takeaways last night? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it, listen, it, it's a year like none other, but and, and like you just said, I mean, in a way, you kind of look at it and go, you know, does this really matter this year with all the stuff? But as you said, for, you know, for your show and for sports radio, it's content, and yep. it's the same for ESPN. I mean, it's content. If you're going to, they, they, everybody knows the situation that we're in. Um, but if we're going to still at this point have a playoff, then, then you prepare and you, you know, you go through the process to, to coin a term that's popular down here. Um, and the committee went through the process. Um, and, you know, Herb Street and Fowler and those guys went through the same thing. And, um, you know, look, the, the rankings are what they are. There, there was a couple of takeaways that, you know, Cincinnati sitting there at number seven, mm-hmm. I thought was, 
was really interesting. I think that gives them a shot if Notre Dame wins in the second time. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Florida, uh, you know, drops out, uh, you know, to Alabama. You know, A&M's got a couple games on the schedule. Um, who, who, who below them, I guess, maybe Oklahoma, if they went yeah. out, uh, who, who below them would – would really jump them if they keep Northwestern's that, alive, Bama. That would be the one. Northwestern at eight because you know obviously they win the Big Ten, they win the West, yeah. and they will, and then they pick off Ohio State. You would, I would think that they're not leaving the Big Ten champion out, if, especially if it's an undefeated right. Northwestern. Do you think, Trent? No, there, there's no chance. Yeah, I, yes, I yeah, know it's I, Northwestern. I agree with that, but then, but then, okay, does Ohio State now drop down below Cincinnati? Mm. I mean, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. I, I think they're in a great spot. I don't, and yes, you're right. Technically, Northwestern is below them, and they could, but they also have a, you know, they would have knocked off by the fact, though, a a team that's three spots above them. So, A and M's kind of that wild card sitting there, guys. If yeah. they if they went out, um, it's set up pretty good right now for the SEC to get two teams if things break right. Uh, it's also set up pretty well. It Clemson beats Notre Dame for the ACC to get to. So, um, you know, Indiana was another one, I thought. I mean, they're sitting there at 4-1. It just tells you how little, and, and rightfully so this year, they got wins over Penn State and Michigan and a one-score loss on the road to <laughs> nice. Ohio State. Yeah. Most years you would look at that team and go, that is, right. show me a team with a better resume. Yeah. Okay, well, this year it gets you number 12. Yeah. That's um, an excellent point, Bam. I, I, I mean, look at Georgia. They're 5-2, and two, uh, and you put yeah. Indiana's paper. Uh, Indiana's, oh, they, got, they got a Michigan scalp and a Penn State scalp, and yet they're 12 and a two-loss team is eight. That's a great point, Bama. Yeah, I mean, I, I just it just shows you this year, you know, yeah. or like I said, you know, last year, next year, if we're sitting here, we you know whatever it would be, where we played eight nine games, whatever we've got, and if they have if they have knocked off those two teams and lost a one score game on the road in Columbus, you'd be looking at them going, okay, they're probably sitting at five or six right now, but they're not. And uh, you know the Pac twelve, I, I just think that you know outside we looking talked in about it earlier, outside looking in BYU, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I get it, and and I was listen, I'm a BYU fan, I'm 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 a contrarian this year. Um, but you really, they made some good points last night on the show, as you mentioned, the schedule. I mean, their best rec, their best win is against a Boise State team that was weakened and, you know, on the road. So, uh, and not their fault. I mean, they, you look at the BYU schedule, I mean, they had five, you know, Big 12, Pac 12, you know, five, uh, Power Five schools, if you will, uh, on that schedule this year. And, I feel for Zach Wilson because mm-hmm. I think he is going to he, – he's a talent. And we, we've talked about before, don't know what – have no idea where the bowl situation is going to be this year. I, I don't really think they should play bowls other than if you want to have the playoffs. Um, I just think it's too risky, but they're probably not going to give up that money. But no. interesting show. And, you know, we've got a couple of uh, – few weeks to let it sort itself out. But if Forbes holds, guys, it's probably not going to sort itself out until championship week, until Alabama and Florida play, and then the ACC championship. And then we'll just see what, you know, and the Big Ten. We'll see what happens from that point. One place I kind of disagree with both of you guys is the Pac-12. They only have three data points at this point. Mm-hmm. You have Oregon at 15, USC at 18. But if both those teams run the table, finish 6-0, and mm-hmm. play each other in a How championship game. How can they game, get? I think they can get in the top four. If Oregon runs the table here, where will they be before the game? 
six, seven, eight, right in that range. You're going to need to really climb, Trent. The resume, though, will build. And uh-huh. the rest of the resumes, Georgia's not a top 10 team. No, I agree with you. Neither's Miami. And, and it will be very easy no, to Miami, justify as you get more and more data for uh-huh. an Oregon, for a USC, if these teams continue to win, to jump them in front. And remember, every week, it's not like the AP and the coaches poll where seemingly you win, you move up, and somebody loses right. in front of you. Right. They say they completely redo it every single week, and these data points are going to continue to rise there. I don't think it's over for the Pac-12. I hope you're right. I mean, the more conferences that are involved in yeah. this thing, the more discussion uh, is good. Speaking of discussion, we got to move on, fellas. Yeah. we got a lot of games to look at. Uh, and the curtain goes up at 11 o'clock on, uh, on Friday morning in Austin. Iowa State, uh, of course, in Texas. We normally leave the locals out of it, but this is such a big game. Uh, I want to start there, and then I want to get you uh, uh, just a quick hit on the Hawks. Trying to ask you, uh, Iowa State in Texas, you came in this morning. Uh, you were telling, um, well, I don't know who was in here with us was Heather Scott Knock, which yeah. you, you love. Uh, you think the clones are going to prevail? I do. I, I just think they're the better team. I, and top to bottom, they are the better football team. And basically any metric that you look at, any piece of data that you look at, I, I think it is a huge advantage for Iowa State. Ellinger, yes, he's a very nice player. We mm-hmm. get that. But I, I looked at kind of a breakdown of everything. The one thing that you know, Texas is elite at, rushing oh, side. Well, rushing success offensively, they're they're pretty good at that. Um, another thing on the offensive side is their offensive lines played pretty well. Outside of that, there isn't a whole lot. Well, it's still the Iowa State defensive line. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're at the top level of college football in that. Defensively, they're pretty good at stopping the run, but they play teams Iowa State has that has been able to stop the run. And Brees Hall still finds a way. Yeah, he does, and I think he's still going to find a way. It's hard. Unless we get one of the bad Brock Purdy performances, for me, to imagine them losing this football game. Interesting. Well, I guess weather's going to be a factor. Bama, how do you see Texas-Iowa State? Yeah, this is my favorite game of the weekend, guys, and I'm putting the Iron Bowl on that one. I mean, this is is probably the biggest game in Iowa State's history. I think think you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I remember being back there when I lived there, and you know, in the in the very late nineties and two thousand oh one, all that. I mean, you know, McCartney kind of had them where they mm-hmm. you know, they they were terrible for so long, and then okay, we're kind of getting to a ball game. Guys, they're playing for a berth in the Big Twelve championship yep. game tomorrow. I mean, if they win it, I don't think I don't know if they can clinch tomorrow, but they can certainly bury. I think Texas. they can, Bama, um, because Texas they'll have the tiebreaker over Texas. Yeah, and Oklahoma, right? Um, you know, and Oklahoma's got a big one tomorrow. They got a tough one tomorrow, but yeah, get to uh, I'm kind of with Trent. Listen, I mean, this is basically a pick 'em. I think that says all you need. Is, I mean, Texas maybe by a point to mm-hmm. me. That's sort of a pick 'em game. Um, I that to me, I've said Iowa State. I thought Iowa State and Oklahoma State were the two best teams in the Big Twelve. I'm fading on Oklahoma State now after last week. Uh, I still think Iowa State as. Iowa State, as you mentioned, a complete team. They can run it. They've got defense. They've got a good quarterback. They've got some talent at receivers. They've got a good coach. I think they may have the better coach on the sideline tomorrow. Ellen, to me, the, the the wild card is Ellinger. I mean, if he pulls off one of these, you know, run for 150, throw for 250, 300, uh, then, then maybe, you know, Texas. That's the only way I think Texas can win. He's capable. I'm excited about this one. He is capable. And, and they may have the advantage of quarterback, although I love Purdy. And, and I think if Iowa State just plays Iowa State football, and that is take care of it. You can't give Texas 
you know, extra chances, you know, blocked punts, uh, missed field goals, leaving points on the board, you know, score touchdowns if you get, you know, first and goal at the five. You can't settle for three, those kind of things. And ball control. And you mentioned Hall. I mean, he's been able to do it all year. Um, he is, he's an NFL back. He's going to mm-hmm. play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think talent wise, Iowa State has more. I think they have a better coach. I think it's going to be tight. I hope they don't get too hyped up, but. Uh, yes, I would. Right now, I'm. If you made me pick, I'm picking Iowa State. I think they've been one of the, you know, they're one of the two best teams I think in in the Big Twelve, and they've got a chance tomorrow to go out or Friday, and go out and prove it. And I'm glad it's early. You know, that's that's kind of the early window. Everybody wants to yep. start off. You know, hey, let's you know what's on TV, and you know, right. you look and there, there they are on network television. Got it all to themselves at 11 a.m. Great for the program. It really is. A real quick hit on this: Nebraska, Iowa is usually close. We saw Nebraska last week get embarrassed by Illinois. Is this game close? We'll put it to you that way, Bam. Is this a close game on uh, Friday? I don't think so. I mean, I want to say yes because it's quote-unquote rivalry. When Nebraska joined the Big Ten, this was the game I was looking forward to the most. You know, border war, late in the year, always after you know Thanksgiving weekend, cold, all this kind of stuff. But Nebraska just has not lived up to it. You're right, in the past it's been close. I don't think it is tomorrow. I think Iowa wins, you know, and when I say close, it's not going to be 42-10, to 10, I don't mm-hmm. think, but I think you know, 27-13, something like that. I think Iowa has a really good shot at covering. I just don't know where Nebraska is right now. I thought switching quarterbacks would help. It hasn't. That game against Illinois, as you mentioned, that that may be the low point of the Scott Frost era, and there's been a lot of them, but that last week might have been the low point. Iowa getting a little better, defense pretty good. I don't see this one being terribly close. Uh uh, you know, at least coming down in the last five minutes with the game in the balance. Uh, real quick, Trent, before we do that, Nick Saban is positive for COVID. This is not a false positive this time. This news is just breaking. Saban, COVID-19, he will miss the Iron Bowl. Trent, is Nebraska-Iowa close? It is. This one comes down to the wire again like it has the last couple of times. Keith I think Duncan close? Iowa wins by a score. Okay. Maybe it doesn't take a last-second field goal, but this is not the romp that we – Maybe anticipate after seeing Nebraska. Nebraska's not as bad as they looked last week. I don't know if I was as good as they've looked at times the last couple of weeks. I think this is a fourth quarter game. I think it'll come down to the fourth quarter. I will make enough plays to win, but it'll be inside that two touchdown spread. Maybe one of the better games this week, especially now that the rankings are coming out. Uh, North Carolina's got a chance to, uh, uh, do, to do some damage to Notre Dame. This is a big spot. Two, Good quarterbacks. Trent, let's get your take on Notre Dame and UNC. You know, a North Carolina team that had a lot of buzz, Mac Brown, mm-hmm. and I, I still think it was a touch early. We see the defense is not good. This is a defense that is, what, given up? Well, they gave up 28 to Florida State. A lot of it came early, of course, of that game. As yeah. they, <laughs> All the, of it did. Yeah. Uh, but they still gave up 44 to Virginia. They gave up 24 to Duke. They gave up 53 to Wake. But they can score. You know, Wake's better than they are. Yes, and they can keep up. This Carolina team is explosive offensively. Bo Corrales on the outside. Of course, you mentioned Harrell, the quarterback. They got a lot of dudes that can score. Is it enough against Notre Dame? I just think the line play is too good. I have this on my list. I like the four and a half that you can get with Carolina. Don't know if it'll be part of my picks, but I think you're going to be entertained. This is a great game. What turns to be a pretty late slate after we get mm-hmm. through the Iowa and Iowa State games, mm-hmm. this is one an easy one to flip back over to. I, I'm with you, and we should get there in time for the second half. I hope it's good. Will it be good, Bama? 
Got a chance, as Trent mentioned. I mean, and it's all about offense. I mean, it, listen, we know North Carolina's defense is not very good. If, if they if they don't hand Notre Dame several possessions, it sounds you know it's coach speak, if you will. Uh, if they don't hand Notre Dame extra possessions, I, I think they can they can they can get into a shootout with them. I don't think they can get into a ball control, grind it out kind of game with Notre Dame, but. If, they, if Notre Dame, if they can go up and down the field, they've got weapons. You know, they're averaging over 500 yards a game. Um, as you mentioned, they're giving up 400 yards a game. Not very good. Uh, Notre Dame's defense is a little better. I think this has a chance to be a tight game going into the, you know, into the fourth quarter. And if it is, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Notre Dame. Yes. I don't know that it's, you know, if they if they were to drop this one and beat Clemson twice, I think they're still in. But obviously, you know they they want that. They, I don't think they can really afford. Uh, obviously, they can't afford two losses to get in. Um, but this is a big game for Notre Dame. They 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 want to stay clean going into the ACC championship game. But yeah, this has a chance to be good. And by the way, that Nick Saban news. My my phone. If you hear dings, that's my phone. <laughs> call, <laughs> call everybody down here that I know texting me because it's for real this time. Yeah, it is. Well, let's talk about the Iron Bowl, Bamel. Uh, you know it as well as anybody. Um, look, it's a rivalry. It's a big number. Alabama put up sixty three last week against Kentucky. Yeah. Would they love to put up sixty three against Auburn? This game has been so good for so many years. Of course, the kick six. Um, I don't know. Is it good, Bama? Oh man, you know the the spread up until about three minutes ago was about twenty four and a half. That's going to probably go down by about a touchdown, I would say. I don't, I don't know how this is close, guys. Now, again, Saban not being on the sideline is the X factor. And the other thing is, it's what Wednesday. If Nick Saban is positive, who else is positive on that team? Mm-hmm. Is Mac Jones positive? Mm-hmm. Is Najee Harris? Is Devontae Smith? That's where you start getting into you know, oh crap territory yep. if you're Alabama. All things being equal, this game shouldn't be close. Alabama has a huge advantage at quarterback. They have a massive advantage at receiver. I think uh, they could massive advantage uh, at running back in Najee Harris. They're averaging, you know, 550 yards a game. You know, I'm looking at the stats. They, they, they give up, they, they score 49 and a half a game and they give up 19. I mean, that, that, I've just never seen anything like that for an Alabama team. The offense has been unstoppable. Um, if, if they're at full strength and they don't start having some kind of an outbreak amongst their starters, then I don't know that this game is close because, uh, you know, it's just a talent difference. I will say this, though. You know, Nick Saban's been there 13 years. Outside of his first year, he's lost, in the last 12 years, He's lost 11 conference games in 12 years in the SEC, and five of them have been to Auburn. That just tells you how close this, this series usually is. Um, but all things being equal talent-wise, again, COVID can throw a wrench into all of this. Um, but everything being equal, I think it might stay within the number. Uh, I think I think this is a two-score two game minimum for Alabama. 
You like this game, Trent? I, I think it's going to be a blowout. Unfortunately, these games in Tuscaloosa. I mean, you got to go back to 2010, the Cam Newton game, down 24 nothing. They came roaring back. What with a that game! One. What a that game! Was incredible. Yep. But that's the last time that Auburn won in Tuscaloosa. I, I think, regardless of Saban, and, and even if there are some guys out for Alabama, they're just too good offensively. They can put huge point totals up, and I'm not a big believer in this Auburn team either. I, I think. You look at some of the miraculous wins that they've had this year. This easily could be a team that's sitting under 500 right now, as opposed to where they're at. I thought they were going to get beat last Saturday, and, and it was trending that direction yes. for two and a half quarters yeah. until late in the third yeah, in the uh, pick six. Yeah, both those games. So I, mean, I, I don't think we're going to get a good one here, unfortunately. I, I'm with you guys. Let's uh, move on. Uh, we only got a couple of minutes left. I want to do the Pac-12 game, Oklahoma or the Pac-12, the Big 12 game, Oklahoma, West Virginia. Lee Sterling was on with us yesterday, Bama. He's our handicapper. Um, he thinks West Virginia is going to win outright. I can't go with him. Does Oklahoma let down after Bedlam with so much to play for? I can't see it. West Virginia's better. Uh, how do you see this game, Baba? I think this is close. I'm looking at that 11, and I'm, I'm, if, if you made me, I'm, I'm taking those points. I know Oklahoma's probably playing as well as anybody in the conference, but you're, at, you're absolutely right. I mean, Bedlam last week, and we've, I've talked about it before. I mean, I think this is the toughest conference road trip in the Power Five, having to go a Big 12 team from Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, where Iowa, wherever it is, having to go to Morgantown. That is a hard trip. It's a long trip. It's not, you know, it's a bus ride. It's a plane ride. It's a bus ride. It's all these things. And look, West Virginia is a lot better than I thought they were, um, especially on defense. If they can, you know, somehow shake up Spencer Rattler a little bit. But they're, Oklahoma is running the ball better. But, you know, West Virginia's run defense has been good. Wow. I think this is a tight game. This is And, listen, as big as as big as big the Texas game is for Iowa State, this game is equally as big tomorrow. If, if, mm-hmm. if Iowa State can, you know, somehow pick Texas off and West Virginia knock mm. off Oklahoma, that, that might bury them. That's three conference losses. Um I think this one's tight. I really do. Uh, and I know Oklahoma's playing a lot better. If it gets into a shootout, if they get ahead early, uh, West Virginia's going to have a hard time keeping up. But I, I think this is a tight game. I don't know about outright, but I would take those 11 if I had to. Trent, this is a really good West Virginia defense, and I think they're going to be able to slow it down. Letty Brown can run the ball for West Virginia. I'm with Lee Sterling. I'm with Bama Bob. I'm All with right, a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. This will be part of the picks coming up at 11:25. Interesting. And then, of course, West Virginia makes their way to Ames next weekend. Guys, what's your sneaky good game this week? Trent Condon. We're going to the MAC. Of course, we are. We're going to the MAC, and though we don't 11 get it, o'clock Saturday morning on a Wednesday. Yes, that's where a big bunch of these games are. It is Buffalo and Kent State. Kent State three and zero for the first time in forever. Buffalo's good too. Buffalo is really good. Yep. This Kent State program, Trey Lewis, their coach, former tight end at Wisconsin, guy that uh, he's, what, 33 years old, I think it is. Jeez. Really young job, and people told him, don't take the Kent State job. You can't win at Kent State. He's done it, and he uh, has them on a path to have a winning record for the first time in back-to-back years in like 50 years. That's what he's doing there. Good one. Kent State, Buffalo, my sneaky good team. Sneaky, Bama? Uh, I'm going Pac-12, 630 Friday night. Civil War, Oregon at Oregon State. I mean, I've seen Oregon State, as luck would have it, or fate, or (laughs) odds, or whatever. Seen them play a couple times this year. Saw them against Washington. They're not a bad team, Uh guys. They got a guy, you know, Jefferson's a good running back. They, you know, the quarterback is decent, not great. Um, Look, Oregon's going to have all the motivation in the world, but um, I don't know. I mean, I just, it's one of those games, Friday. It's not terribly late. It's not 9.30. It's not 
you know, Pac-12 after dark late, but it's 6.30. It's the last game Friday night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, high school's over. You know, why not? I think this one's got a shot uh, to be to be decent maybe into the second half. No, it's going to draw a lot of eyeballs. No doubt about that for those very reasons. Yeah. I'll go to 11 o'clock uh, Saturday morning. Maryland, uh, Indiana. I want to see Indiana's are let down yeah. there after they played so tough against uh, Ohio State. And I think Maryland's uh, better than uh, most thought. That is going to do Obama. Uh, what do you got planned? Uh, you know, we're just like everybody else. You know, we're just going to kind of take it easy, try to be safe. Um, you know, small gathering this year. And uh, you know, Ken, I just wanted to say thanks to all the listeners out there for indulging me. Um, <laughs> you and Trent as well. I enjoy it, uh, especially this year more than ever. You know, I look forward to getting on and just talking. We we all have issues. You know, the sport has issues that we're navigating around, but we're able to talk about it, you know, week in, week out. There are games on the field that we get to talk about. So that, to me, thankful for that. And just, you know, I know it's this is, this year sucked. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Um, but I think no matter what has gone on, if you look around close enough, you can find something that you're thankful for, and I hope everybody can do that and just – Let's get through this year, and hopefully, uh, you know, I'm confident by this time next year we're back to normal, full stadiums uh, and everything else. So no uh, just everybody stay, stay safe, enjoy your family, and, um, you know, try to find something to be thankful for. It shouldn't be too hard. Indeed. I'm thankful for this segment uh, on Fridays and on Mondays. I love it. It means college football season. Bama, great. Uh, you're great at what you do. Thank you for doing it for us. Have a wonderful uh, four days, and we'll talk to you on Monday. We'll recap everything that we've seen. Thank you, Bama Bob. Happy Thanksgiving. Same to you guys. Enjoy it. Take care. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you Monday. Take care. Bama Bob, uh, as we talk a little college football. Uh, localize it a little bit next. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal starts the Huskers and the Hawkeyes, and Sipple opine when he when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. It's time for Sip. <laughs> Stephen M. Sipple from the Lincoln Journal Star talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football. I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration. We talk Cornhuskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're paying me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it. All right, let's get to it. He's our friend Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. He'll be at Kinnick Stadium on Friday for the noon kickoff, and he joins the program. Sip, Trent Ken, thanks for coming on, Sip. Happy Thanksgiving. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. You know, before we get into uh, Friday and look back, uh, just any update on Colin Miller? That was such a scary uh, injury, Sip, uh, when it happened. He was on the field for the longest time. Of course, all the precautions in the world, and rightly so. Uh, I've seen some Twitter. He thanked the uh, folks for, you know, the uh, thoughts and prayers uh, reaching out to him. Any update on Colin Miller? Obviously, he's not going to play, but just um, how is he? Yeah, I think he's doing pretty good. They're calling it a spinal concussion, um, which I'm not exactly sure what that is, but that's what the name of it is. He is he is not – it doesn't look like he'll return this season. That's what Scott Frost announced on Monday. But he's – you know, he was at practice. Um, you know, he's standing. I, I, he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what his future is in football, it's way too early to say. But he's he's – you know, it's – 
he came through it okay. Good news on that front yep, absolutely. and a uh, very scary situation. Uh, from that to what we saw on the field, and after all the good feelings that were built, beating Penn State to lose to Illinois, and to do it in that fashion, Sip, it just feels like one step forward, two steps back with this program. Your takeaway from the lost Illinois? Well, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you know how it is in this business. Sometimes we overreact, mm-hmm. but I don't think we're overreacting here. This is Illinois came in and and you guys watched ran the ball down in. their throat. Yeah, they they won the game easily. And they they weren't pressed, and that's what that's what has to be emphasized here. Um, yeah, and, and now getting ready to play a team that's clearly going to try to rip it right at you mm-hmm. on the ground, you know, stretch left, stretch right, yeah. and that you know Illinois had two running backs go over 100 yards. Now, it also should be mentioned Illinois was a pretty good running team coming in. I mean, they have run the ball well. Uh, but, you know, to have two running backs go over 100 yards against you, and it's a team in Illinois that's seven, I think the record's now 17 and 37 under Lovey. Now, it's sent up not just, it sent up several red flags. Yeah. Um, Sip, was there maybe for the first time? You know, obviously better than than um, than we do over here. But maybe for the or maybe it was the loudest. Maybe it was you know been some whispers before. And I'm talking about Scott Frost. Um, was this the the most maybe people up out on ledges that maybe he's not the guy that we thought is going to take us to where the program was going to be going? Was this the was this the week that um, some of the fandom broke on Scott Frost? Really good question. Um, I think, I mean, definitely there's that element. I mean, that there's, there's that discussion's being had. And it's, you know, I don't, I mean, now let's be clear though. Let's be very clear on something so your Iowa listeners understand. He has the support of the regents. He has the support of the president, the chancellor, and the, uh, the AD. Mm-hmm. So, He's not under any kind of fire. It's it's just yeah. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. People are questioning that. They're questioning where this is going. It's not. I wrote that. I wrote that. In fact, out of that game on the game column. But it's too soon to give up on the notion that he's the right guy. But it's not too soon to wonder because he's ten and eighteen. Yep. I mean, there's no way when he was hired. Remember all the, remember, you know, I would come on your show and we would yep. talk about all the excitement here. Um, now, if I would have come on your show and said, you know, I appreciate all the excitement, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised after 30 games that if he's 10 and 20. <laughs> right. Um, you would have said, well, simple, what is your deal? Um, but that's what we're looking at. He's 10 and 18 right now, you know, staring, staring down the barrel of 10 and 19. It's uh, it's just so crazy looking at this program. Scott Frost, it felt like the perfect hire. It mm-hmm. felt like it this this was going to work. And then this week, and, and maybe this is just silly sip, but one of the first things that I see come out is Cade Warner saying, "Yeah, we're gonna wear, we're gonna wear mustaches this week." I, I I get having fun. I know that it just can't be all work all the time there, but I don't know. It just it felt to me from my outside perspective. 
the goofiness when you're going through what you're going through in another trying season, and they're worried about growing mustaches in the wide receiver room? <laughs> it's not it's not the best optic. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I can sort of ride it off to, you know, there's there's still college kids that, that want to have some fun. Yeah. I, you know what, Trent, it probably doesn't bother me as, as much as it bothers you. I didn't even give it much thought, um, to be honest. I, it's just one of those, for me, it was just an eye roll mo- moment and then, move on to the bigger issue of how is Nebraska going to move the ball? I mean, that's a bigger issue to me. And I, uh, I don't have the foggiest notion how that's going to happen. Yeah. They, they really need help in the wide receiver position. I mean, Trent and I both love Wondell Robinson. Hard not to like this kid. Not the biggest kid, but seemingly is fearless. Love that about him. But what, what's the latest on Omar Manning, Sip? I mean, a kid his size with his skill set, um, he's got to make an impact. Saw Oliver Martin with a couple of catches last week against Illinois. Guessing we'll see him on Friday. But where's Omar Manning? Will he play? No. No, he won't play. Um, he won't play this year. I don't. I, I mean, I'd be really surprised if he did. He was on the sideline in, like, short pants. You know, he was wearing shorts. He wasn't in uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got health issues. Matt Lubick this week. Matt Lubick is the offensive coordinator here, and he just says we just have to get him healthy. But it's it's been quite a bit of mystery surrounding the conversation. Um, we're not sure exactly what his injury has been, and I don't think it's just when they say healthy. I don't think it's it's all just physical injury. Um, there are some other elements to the discussion that are more private in nature. Yep. So I just don't. Um, I I I mean I've just sort of moved on from that conversation except to to do due diligence when he, when he's mentioned. Sip, we have literally a minute left. Who will we we may see both quarterbacks, but who do you think is going to start? Listening, reading your stuff, listening to Frost. I get the and maybe maybe this is just he's planting the seed of doubt and if it, if he, if he was it worked with me. Uh, it's more important than it works in Iowa City, but I get the sense Adrian Martinez is a distinct possibility at least to start. I think McCaffrey's the future and Frost said as much. It was fun to watch him play. I mean, he's uh, he's he takes a ton of hits, and he runs the ball way too much for a quarterback, but might it be Martinez to start the game? Yeah, you guys, what I'm always impressed by is you have a great feel for what's going on over here. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that, you're, you characterize the discussion exactly how I'm hearing it here. Nobody knows, though, and I don't have any inside information in that regard. But I, I would, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting just through conjecture that it'll be Martinez. And I frankly hope it will be Martinez because I think that's the right move. Um, against this defense, um, I just don't know if McCaffrey was quite ready to be a full-time starter, um, and all that entails. You know, I, I now maybe they'll send him out there again and give him a chance, but I don't know. It's just my I'm not a total way. I've been covering the team for 30 years. <laughs> right. He looks he, lo- he looks um, he looks a little green. Um, he doesn't. You know, he's really unseasoned, and he's not. He, he hasn't been a quarterback for very long. You know, he wasn't a quarterback as a sophomore in high school. 
he started playing as a junior, and I believe he moved full-time to quarterback as a senior in high school, maybe as a junior, but not. But anyway, he hasn't been playing the position very long, and I think he shows. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see Adrian back there. Scott did say that McCaffrey's the quarterback of the future. That sort of raised eyebrows around here, like, wait a second, what, what what's that mean for Logan Smothers, for instance, mm-hmm. the true freshman? You know, I mean, it's I, maybe he sort of misspoke, um, but anyway, no, I, I think you're right. I think I think you will see Adrian Martinez in the shotgun to start the game. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Appreciate what you do for us. Uh, we'll talk to you next week in advance of Purdue. Uh, thank you, Sip. Appreciate you coming on, as always. I appreciate what you do for me, and I'll, yeah, we'll see you soon and talk to you soon for sure. All right, pal. Good to talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal Stars. We talk a little... Nebraska and Iowa, and I think it's Adrian Martinez. You know what else I think? I think that we're going to open up the phone lines mm-hmm. and take four of our listeners right now and give them an opportunity to win Claxton's Barbecue. I like how you're thinking. 284-5966. The first four callers right now get an opportunity to play for Claxton's. If you're getting a ring, that means you're in. Stay right there. We will get to you. We've got four games and a tiebreaker. The, the winner will get $35 worth of Claxton's. The Runner-up, 25, Claxon's Barbecue on Miller & Condon next, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO 10. Apply. Hi, welcome back, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO 106.3 FM. Jeff, David, Randy, and Jason are about to... I'll play for an opportunity to win some Claxton's Barbecue. Claxton's Barbecue in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona in business. Uh, serving barbecue in the Altoona area for 25 years. A restaurant that long. They must be doing something right. We know they are. Claxton's Barbecue, 3131 8th Street Southwest. Claxonbbq.com. Uh, Jeff, David, Randy, and Jason, just so you guys can give it some thought, the tiebreaker is going to be Luca Garza's points this afternoon. Uh, let's get to Jeff first of all. Jeff, welcome to the program. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Texas, Iowa State, pick them. Here we go. Uh, I was telling Trent, all my friends, everybody I've talked to likes Iowa State, but I'm sticking with Iowa State. When they get done beating Texas, they're going to get on the bus, they're going to make a lap around Austin with Sweet <laughs> Caroline. All right. Uh, I like it. Giving that one some thought. Uh, Iowa, 13 and a half over Nebraska. Will there be a bus ride involved here? Well, for some reason, they call this a rivalry, but I think Iowa's won five straight. Uh-huh. Is that right? Yep. So you might as well buy a six-pack and watch Iowa run all over Nebraska. Give me the hawk. Uh, Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favorite over Tampa Bay. The, the Buccaneers have lost two of three. Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me the Chiefs. Green Bay on Sunday night is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over the... Trent, who's going to start? Is it Trubisky? I think that's all that's left, right? Yeah. Either him or Tyler Bray. Uh, well, the, the Packers are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, Jeff. Well, they might as well call it Trent and have him suit up because both their quarterbacks <laughs> aren't no good. Give me Green Bay. How many points for Luca Garza today? Closest without going over. That's the tiebreaker. Give me 24. Jeff, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Take care. David is with Miller and Condon. Hi, David. Hi, guys. How you doing? Happy Good. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Texas, Iowa State, who do you want? 
Texas. Iowa is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite over Nebraska. Oh, without a doubt, Iowa. Chiefs are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Tampa Bay. Chiefs. Green Bay, eight-and-a-half over Chicago on Sunday night. Well, as much as I don't like them, i got to pick the pack. I don't like them. But are you a Vikings fan? No, I'm a Dallas fan. Dallas so fan. doing very well. <laughs> All right. Uh, Luca, here's the tiebreaker. Luca Garza's points this afternoon closest without going over, David. Well, Jeff took my number. I was going to say 24, but I'm going to go up to 27. 20, you can have 24 if you want. You don't. Have, you, I mean, just because it's taken doesn't mean you can't. You, where do you want to go? 24, 27? No, I'll stick with 27. David, have a great weekend. Thank you. Have a nice one, guys. Yeah, appreciate nice. it. Randy is with Miller and Condon. Hi, Randy. Hello. Uh, it's Winsome Claxton's Barbecue. How's that sound? Oh, it sounds great. Texas, Iowa State. Who do you want? Uh, this is for my friend Malby. I'll take the clones. Malby has got the clones. Iowa, 13 and a half over Nebraska. Hawks. Uh, Kansas City, three and a half over Tampa Bay. I'll take the Chiefs. And Green Bay's at an eight and a half point favorite over the Bears. I uh, hate Green Bay like they call it before me, but I'm, so I'm going to take the Bears. All right. Who, who's your squad? Oh, I love the Vikes. Like Vikings. Vikings for you. Here's the tiebreaker. Luca Garza, total points this afternoon, Randy. Uh, I don't think he's going to play all that much. I'm going to I'm going to say 19. 19. A good thought process there. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you. You have a good weekend. And Jason brings Claxons to a close for another week. Hi, Jason. Hello. Uh, Texas or Iowa State? I think Texas is a fraud. I'll take the clone. All right. Iowa's a 13.5 point favorite over Nebraska. Hawks win, but don't cover. Hawks win and don't cover. Nebraska in the points for you. Chiefs, three and a half at Tampa Bay. Chiefs. Green Bay, eight and a half uh, at home against Chicago. Just because it makes no sense, I'll take the Bears. It doesn't make any sense. I'm with you. Uh, Luca Garza's points this afternoon. Closest without going over, Jason. I want to say 28, just to, to knock out a guy or two. Be a little different. Jason, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. You too. Good to talk to you. Thank you to Claxons. Thank you to our four listeners. Uh, any consensus? Did anybody go take Tampa Bay? Uh, no. So we got the Chiefs across the board. And doesn't that line seem fishy? It does to me, too, Trent. Yeah. I made up my best bet on picks. I'll Did you? just say it now. Um, it does seem fishy. You bet good on your best bets. Well, how, how can you not take... When, when Patrick Mahomes only has to give three and a half. Right, yeah. Right? Why wouldn't you do that? It's got a red light flashing. Pick me. Why wouldn't you lay seven and a half coming off a bye as good as Andy Reid has been? And, That's a great point. Didn't yeah. happen, though, did it? It didn't. No, and I got burnt on that one 24, well. 24-23, final just in. Oh, boy. Chiefs get the win, but not the cover? Yeah, not the cover. That'd make Vegas happy. And not just more than Vegas. Mm-hmm. Sports books across the country happy. Uh, we've got, uh, we're going to play the hits. Uh, Dave Sproul on Iowa State to kick off the 11 o'clock hour. Tom Cakert on Iowa football and basketball. And then our picks before we get out of here at 1130, abbreviated hour for Miller and Condon. Iowa State women. Curtain goes up on their season this morning, 1130. You'll hear it right here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.